Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. One of the great things I love about preaching at West, I always feel better about my preaching. The response is better. We're so quiet at Carindale. And, uh, and I love coming here and just getting in amongst the vibe. And you're all so excited and passionate about the Word of God. <clears throat> I mean, I, I was listening to John do the lead moment. I was ready to go home. I was done. I'm good. I got all I needed. That was just a message right there. It's so powerful. So it's great to be here. And Easter coming up. And uh, I, I, thought I'd, um, I thought I'd share with you what, what I believe is God's passion. You know, and uh, I, I want to make it clear what it is. Um, you can be confused about it, but God's passion is people. It's not buildings. It's not plans. It's not processes. It's people. Everything we do, we feed people because God's passion is people. We, we look after people. We care for people because God's passion is people. So we need to make that very, keep it very clear. Um, in John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God's passion is people. John 3.16 and 17. For God so not hated the world, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him they might be saved. It wasn't to condemn the world, it's to save the world. God's not trying to fill hell, he's trying to fill heaven. He's, he's not trying to make a mess, he's trying to deliver us from our own mess. Why? Because his great passion is people. Everything God does is about people. And then, and then he commissions those that follow him to do the same. He commissions us to do and be the same, that our passion in life is people. Uh, to reach out to them, to love them, to care for them, to help them find the, the, the future that God has for them. They should become our passion as well. And, uh, and I want to tell you today that all the things we do, it's all about people. Everything God does, it's all about people. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20 says this. And Jesus came and spoke to us saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All right, understand this is the last words that Jesus has spoken to his disciples. He could have picked any subject to speak on. He could have spoken on prayer, prophecy. He, could have sp- he said, you know what? I'm leaving. This is what I'm going to tell you. These are my final words to you. He said, go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them what I observed all things and that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. His final words to the church were, go, reach people, care for people, love people, tell them about the good news of a risen Savior. In the Bible, this is actually called the Great Commission. It was never called the Great Suggestion. It was the Great Commission to find somebody, to engage somebody, to bless somebody, to care for somebody, to invite somebody to tell somebody, to disciple somebody. You know what? I've decided that our job as the church is not to save people, it's to engage people. Our job is not to save anybody. Our job is to engage people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to save people. And, 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 and when we invite people, it's not about who says no, it's about who says yes. 
The Bible says that, that people are, there's a harvest. <laughs> Right. There are people waiting to hear the gospel of Jesus. They're out there waiting. And our job is not to try and convince somebody that's not ready. Our job is to engage people and allow God to find the ones that are ready. And that's why we invite them. It's not about the nine people that say no. It's about the one that says yes. It's the great commission to go and bless people, to help people, care for people. It's a great commission to all people. And it's always about people. While we have breath in our lungs... We should have our hearts towards somebody else, our hands helping somebody, and our voice leading somebody. And this happens when we, like God, become passionate about what God's passionate about, and that's people. Not because we're, not because we're supposed to. We're supposed to reach the lost. No, it's not about supposed to. We're supposed to go to church. No, no, no. Oh, we're supposed to give in the offering. No, no, no. It's not about, once you have passion, there's no supposed to about it. It's what you do. Because that's what passion is. Passion is something that invigorates. Listen, obligation, even though it's good, withdraws from your soul. Passion ignites and refuels your soul. So if you lose your passion, you're now working out of obligation, which is good, but it's not what God wants because it knows it's going to take away from you. But if you keep your passion in place, you become more excited and more excited and more excited. I look at Pastor Dave McDonald and I just go, how excited can you be at his age? And every time I see him, he's just, God's so good, Mark. I'm so excited about what God's doing. He's not here because he's supposed to be here. He's been to more church services than all of you put together. Passion is what keeps us alive and refuels who we are. It's exciting. And this happens when we, like God, are passionate about people. You know, we, we love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved us. Why we were yet sinners. This is the most fascinating scripture. Whether you're going to love him or not, while you are, uh, we're against God, while you're doing everything that opposed the Bible, uh, the values and the morals of God, he said, while you were yet sinners, I still loved you enough to die for you. We are his passion. We are his passion. And so are others. Let's turn to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. The beginning, let us begin. So it was. As the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, this is Jesus, he stood by the lake, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he stopped preaching, he said to Simon, launch out in the deep, let down your nets for a catch. You know, I, I, I find it fascinating, number one, as I read this story. When I, when I read the Bible, I, I don't read it to read the Bible. I read it to hear what God is saying to me. It's not about reading the Bible. <laughs> I read the Bible. No, no. It's what does God say to you when you read the Bible. So when I, when I open a page up or a scripture, I'm looking for what God's saying to me through that scripture. Not that I've, I've done Luke or I've done, no, no, it's irrelevant what you've done. Is God speaking to you. That's how you read the Bible. And as I was reading this passage, I noticed that they had been out all night and caught absolutely nothing. Who else fishes like that? A bunch of them, yeah. And, um, and, and I also noticed that they were, they were you know, like they'd, be, they'd caught nothing, they were tired, and yet they weren't home watching TV or complaining about life. They were mending their nets to go out again. And it wasn't because they were supposed to, See, when you're a fisherman, you're a passionate fisherman. 
When you, when you, when you, when you have passion for something, it's not you're supposed to, you want to go. You don't have to make Pastor Tim McDonald to go spearfishing. Like, oh, I suppose I will go again, you know. No, no, when you have passion for something, it's not supposed to. These guys were getting ready because they were excited about what they do. They loved catching fish. You know, I, I think of my, some, and my fishing stories are nothing compared to Pastor Tim's. I don't deal with sharks down 30 meters underwater. Um, but, you know, I'm, I just remember some of the trips and, and some of the, the obstacles you have to overcome just to go on a fishing trip. And I remember leaving midnight one night, lousy weather, raining the whole way up to Double Island Point. Uh, we got one flat tire near Noosa, uh, which is okay, we had a spare. Then we had another flat tire near Gympie, uh, which we didn't have a spare for. Um, and we worked that out how it all worked. We got, you know, the whole thing. We finally got there. Uh, we, it's pouring with rain. Uh, we opened the doors. We are eaten by mosquitoes. There were just mosquitoes everywhere. And uh, none of those things stopped us. We were going fishing. Because that's what you do. If you're passionate, you go through some things because you enjoy the fishing. It's the journey of it. And that's the whole thing about life, you know, that we should have this sense of we are on the greatest adventure known to mankind to bring Jesus to our generation and beyond. That's our reason. That's the great commission to love and care. If you are bored being a Christian, it's your own fault. Get out there and be amongst this great journey of God's passion. Loving people, caring for people, reaching people, talking to people. Back in the day, there was a guy, you might remember him, Dave, uh, uh, a journalist. He was an atheist, Phil Adam, Philip Adams. He was a, a major journalist in Australia, and he was a totally vocal atheist. So uh, at a pastor's conference, the pastors decided to get this atheist to come and speak to them about why he was an atheist, which I thought was a great idea. Anyway, there was a, there was a bunch of information. But the thing that I do remember, he said this, Philip Adams, the atheist, said this, for Christians to say they believe in what they believe and not be passionate about their cause would be the highest form of blasphemy. Wow. To say that's what you really believe, not to be passionate about what you believe, he said that would be the highest form of blasphemy. And in a sense of passion is what God needs to have in our hearts. Passion is not determined by an emotion, it's a, it's a conviction. I'll say that again, passion is not an emotion, it's a conviction. Wow. It, it produces emotion, but it's a conviction. It's not just being happy. It's a conviction. And, um, and some, of, some of the greatest people that I've ever met are the most passionate people. They have the biggest impact on my life. And I've really decided this, that passion is the great persuader. Not, not knowledge or, or information, but passion. Um, because it's beyond duty. It's beyond knowledge. It's a life force. Passion's a life force. And it brings life to the people that have it. And it gives life to those that don't have it. One of the most passionate people that I've ever met, and I, had, I did get to meet him, was the crocodile hunter. You all remember the crocodile hunter? He, um, he, he was big in Australia, but you had no idea how big he was around the world. He was the most successful Australian uh, at the time internationally. And um, his success was not based on great scientific knowledge, uh, the command of the English language, certainly not his knowledge of workplace health and safety. His success was built off his passion for wildlife and animals. I mean, uh, he, he could be talking about a bug that a few minutes ago you would have stood on and enjoyed the pop. And now he's got this bug in front of you and he's talking about it and you've got a tear coming down your eye. 
You're starting to fall in love with the bug. You buy the bumper sticker, save the bug. All because of his great passion. And that was the effect that passion has on people. If you walk around as a believer, look like you've been sucking lemons, you're not doing anybody any favors. Come to church. Why? So I can be like you? I remember back in Noosa, the first church Lee and I started, um, I had this uh, guy that he hung around church and his wife came to church and, um, and, he, and I finally got to the place where I spoke to him enough to go, what's, what's the matter? So we went and had lunch and I, I sat him down, we're having lunch and I said, why, what is it that you've got against the church or Christianity? And this is what he did. This is what he did. I remember it so clearly. Um, we're facing each other. He goes like this. I lean in. He says, the reason I don't come is I don't want to be like my wife. And I knew his wife. And there there is an edge between faith and fantasy, a fine line. And there's a fine line between fruit and nuts. Um, And so I, I did this. I went, I don't want you to be like her either. <laughs> and after that conversation, he got saved, became a believer. Passion is the great persuader to be excited about who we are. I mean, the crocodile hunter could have got his arm eaten by a crocodile, and he would have, this is how it would have gone. Well, that's not good. But crikey, look how clean the cut is. What an awesome set of jaws that croc has. His passion is animals. Fisherman's passion is fish. Jesus' passion is people. It's people. Luke chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, these same fishermen. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had just taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch not fish, but men. So they went and they brought their boats to land. They forsook all and followed him. Not because they were supposed to. They just found that Jesus' passion was people. And if it was his passion, it was going to be their passion. That's the journey that we're called to, to be excited about God's people. And I know you all have passion. I know, I know men have got passion, even phlegmatics like myself. I mean, Lee and I, well, let's say Lee doesn't watch football at all. She does, if, it's, if I turn like last night, as soon as I turned it on, the Broncos won, yes, um, uh, uh, three in a row, and um, unlike other teams, but three in a row, and, and, and Lee leaves the room. But when State of Origin is on, she will stay in the room because she doesn't get to see such passion from phlegmatics very often. I know men have got it. I, I, I see them with their sports and their things. And I know women have got passion. I, I watch them go into shopping malls and the word sale appears. <laughs> and a spirit of shopping comes over them. Their eyes roll back into a glaze. and Excitement. It's like Lee says, come on, let's go shopping together like it's a team sport. <laughs> it's not a, you're cast aside. 
It's the way coffee shops got invented. For men waiting for their wives shopping. Because it's not about buying something, it's about the whole thing of shopping is the passion. We can, we can walk into a store. When I go shopping, I walk in, say, I want that. I take it home. And if it's the wrong size, Lee brings it back the next day and changes it. But Lee will do it. She loves shopping. So what? She, we go to shop and love that. Yeah, buy it. No, no. We would go to five or six other shops. Seven shops. Two hours. Come back to the first shop. And go, oh, yeah, I'll have that. Okay. Passion. Passion drives people. Passion's important to people. You know, and um, I think we need to redirect some of that towards God's passion. I know we've got it. It's got to redirect a little bit. And people are worth investing in. God did. People are worth investing in. You see, I know there's some really bad ones out there. There's no doubt. There are some terrible people out there, honestly, and that's between them and their creator. But generally, most people, just like you and I, need Jesus. Generally, people are just wanting to know truth and life, and God's passion is them. They are God's creation. If people were stocks and shares, they'd be a good investment. If they were a watch, they'd be a Rolex watch. If people were coffee, they would not be decaf or instant. They would be a good coffee. If people were a joke, they'd be a great joke, like a dad joke. If they were a day, they'd be a great day. Like a day where you could sleep in and still see the sunrise. In a seven-star resort in Fiji overlooking the ocean, where you're having breakfast with your wife and children on the deck, and when they all get too noisy, you click your fingers and they disappear. (laughs) A great day. People are amazing, and they all have their story. They all have their journey. Some are the most sad, tragic stories you'll ever hear. Some are great overcoming stories. Some have had it relatively easy compared to others. Some have had it so tough, it's a wonder they're still standing. And God is interested in every one of them. People are surprising. I can only imagine the stories in this room alone. The testimonies, where you came from, what you've been through, who you are now. The amazing journeys in this room alone, I, again in our first church in Noosa, uh, where Lee and I were pastoring, uh, we were in Noosa and there, a lot of people lived in the country. We had this hippie family <laughs> come to the church. Dave was his name and he had three or four girls and, and a wife and he came in, um, you know, like uh, overalls with straps, sandals, a goofy hat on and, and uh, they all dressed like that. This is like out of a 70s movie and... Um, and they were the happiest family. They grew their own food at home and had chickens and all the stuff they'd do on their little farm. They'd rock up on a Sunday, so sweet. Anyway, we had a men's meeting, and he was going to give his testimony. So I remember sitting there, and he started to speak with this big smile. But then he, he started to say, you know, he says, I just want to let you know that it began when I was in the South African military. I was a part of a death squad. I'm a trained assassin. I've shot people at point-blank range. I've killed people with my bare hands. 
I've got drunk enough and danced on the graves where we buried them. He says, this is my story. As a matter of fact, on my last mission and our flight back to South Africa, our helicopter was shot down over enemy territory. And when I woke up, I was the only survivor out of my squad. He said, I had to crawl for three or four days through the jungle, missing enemy troops to make it back. And in that journey of darkness, God somehow found me. And he said, I became a believer, gave my life to Jesus. Don't judge anybody by the cover you see them with. You don't know their backstory. Everybody's got a story, and it's so important we make sure that, you know, that we're people that don't judge straight away on what they're going through right now or what they look like. You know, um, his, to- his life was totally transformed, and here he was growing herbs in the backyard. And I'm not going to ask what sort of herbs they were, <laughs> but they were herbs. And, you know, even, with, even myself, when I'm sitting next to somebody on an airplane going somewhere and we start to talk, as soon as I let them know I'm a pastor, <laughs> the conversation shuts down. Like, they just don't want to talk to me. You know? And I find that really surprising because I've got a good story. I, they've misjudged me. They've already reread who I am by what I've just said. And I want to tell you today, whoever walks into our buildings at City Point Church, come on. Don't prejudge anybody on their now. Dig a little deeper to find the story that they have. They're not what you think. They're important to God, everyone. We are to have, we are to have acceptance without agreeance, compassion without compromise. That's the church of the 20, 2023 and beyond. You know, I remember <laughs> um, back in, <laughs> this would be nothing for <laughs> your church here, but I remember somebody getting really upset with somebody who's smoking outside of Carindale one Sunday night after church. They said, I can't believe this guy's smoking uh, cigarettes, you know, outside of church, after church. They got all upset about it. And I said to them, I said, you don't know their story. What if they've been a cocaine addict for 20 years and they're at church, they found Jesus, and their last thing they've got to deal with is a cigarette habit. It's not a big deal. See, don't, don't prejudge people by what you see. I remember, I remember a guy who got saved, and he was a smoker, and he came up to me, he said, Pastor Mark, he said, can I go to heaven and still smoke? And, and I said, probably quicker. <laughs> Don't judge people. Everyone has their story, their journey. We are not here to condemn the world. Jesus said he came to love the world, not to condemn the world. God's passion is people. Let it be ours as well. That's the story of 2023. We're going up, but we're reaching out. We're going up, but we're reaching out. What COVID tried to steal from us, we got it back now, and we're going to start being the church, reaching the world around us, bringing good and God to the world around us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I love this scripture. Therefore, we also, since we are, we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses. Every time I read that, I, I, I think of this giant stadium in heaven. And all the believers that have gone before us are all there in the stands cheering us on. So I, every time I read it, I just see this huge thing. Yo, Mark, you can do this. Um, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking under Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This is the part I'm getting to who for the joy that was set before him 
endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus counted it not fun, but he counted it joy to go to the cross. You see, that's passion. It's not an emotion. It's a conviction. He wasn't in the garden. He said, no, my will be done, not yours. He said, no, God, not my will. Your will be done. You, you can't put the creator on his creation unless he wants to be there. You, you can't kill the creator of all things unless he, you can't kill him. He's got to give himself. And he says, I counted it joy. Why? Because his passion was you and I. His passion was looking beyond the pain of the moment and seeing the millions upon millions of people find the wonder and the life and the salvation and eternity in Jesus Christ. That was the joy that was set before him. It wasn't an emotion. It was a conviction. His eyes were on the prize. His passion, the souls of humanity, people, you and me. He didn't have to. It wasn't, oh, I suppose I should. No, no, he so loved the world. He so loved the world. His joy was for you and me, and it's still for other people as well. So 2023, let's, let's go up. Let's reach out. Love people. Care. Reach out to. Engage. Invite people. You've got Easter come. Invite everybody you see. It's not about who says no, but somebody's waiting to be invited. Let's engage our world. When we engage our world, it allows the activation of the Holy Spirit to be transferred into somebody's life. If we don't engage, they've got no place to receive what God's trying to do in them and through them. Love. Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. You know, today, um, I've been a believer for quite a long time now, but I didn't grow up as a believer. As a matter of fact, my um, parents had nothing to do with church. I didn't really understand what church was at all. And... Uh, the time I walked into her, Lee's mom actually came and she just became a believer in Christ. And she, can you take us to this particular church meeting? So we did that. And well, I don't know what exactly took place in my heart, but something shifted. And it was in that meeting where I decided, you know what? If this Jesus is real, I'm going to give this a shot. And I made a decision in that meeting that I've never looked back on. And I, and I had some things to go through. There has been some challenges. There has been some obstacles. Life is not a better. God doesn't promise easy. He promises victory. And uh, see, I don't know what problems you're facing. I don't know what problems are in your future. But I do know this. The answer you will need for every one of them will start and finish in the name of Jesus. And the good news is it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. God's not angry at you. He's not mad at you. He's waiting for you. He loves you. All you've got to do is believe upon him, the Bible says, and you shall be saved. Saved out of your past. Saved into your future. Saved into eternity. It starts with a decision. Today, you might have never made that decision. I'm going to give you an opportunity in one second. Or maybe you need to come back because life can take us off course. And that happens quite often to people. It's, they get stuck in a journey they didn't mean to get on, and they find out this is not the way I want to go. God's not mad at you. He's waiting for you. So I'm going to pray in a minute. And uh, if you want to say, you know what, Mark, I want to believe upon Jesus for the first time, or I want to recommit my life, reconnect with God, um, I want to pray with you as well. But I'm not going to embarrass you. Let's shut our eyes. Um, close, just, yeah, close your eyes and bow our heads a little bit. And if you say, you know what, Mark, 
I, I want to believe upon Jesus today. I, I want to come back. I, I want to recommit. I want, I want God. Right now, so look from the front to the back. I don't know if most people here are believers, but I'm sure somebody here is going, you know what, I need to make this decision. Somebody's saying, you know what, I need to, I need to get my life right. So with eyes closed and heads bowed, if you say, Mark, pray with me today. I want to believe upon Jesus for the first time or to reconnect with God again. Would you lift your hand and give me a wave? And just say, hey, you know what? Include me today in that prayer. So look from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Slip your hand up. Thank you at the back. That's a great decision there. So look one more time. This is all about you right now. Front to back, left to right. Just slip it up. Give me a wave. We're about to pray. Is anybody else this morning before we pray? In the middle. Thank you, ma'am. That's a great decision right there. Over on the side. Great decision, young man. That's a great decision there as well. All right, last time we're about to pray. So look, if you haven't raised your hand, just slip it up and say, you know what? Thank you right at the back. That's a great decision, young man. There. Lord, as I looked, I saw hands go up. It's not what you saw. You saw hearts. You saw their hearts open up. And as they reached out to you, the Bible says that when we reach out, you reach back. And in this moment of decision, we become alive in the spirit world. We become alive to God or born again, made alive to the realm of the Spirit. Your Word tells us that when we do this, when we reach out to You, You forgive us of every sin, every failure, every mistake, and You remember them never again. It's a brand new start. You promise that You're going to love us so completely and tightly, we'll become sons, daughters of the Most High God. And Your Word goes on to declare that heaven rejoices when even one returns home. And I know heaven is rejoicing for every one of these people. And so do we here at City Point Church in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give it up for those people. Say congratulations to every one of you. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.